Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Event Tech Talk Show. I'm your host Adam Parry and today we are going to be talking about why you need to launch a podcast and that's why you need to launch a podcast for your event tech business, for your event business, if you're an event prof, if you're an entrepreneur or as one of our, one of our guests is famous known for saying a solopreneur. Um, I am joined today by Jason Allen Scott founder of Corpus, Matt Coyne, founder of Waves Consulting, and Caleb Parker, founder of Bold. Gentlemen, thank you very much for joining me this morning and giving me your time and our audience's time to discuss this topic. How are you all doing? Excellent. Wonderful. Thanks for inviting us. Jason, how are you, mate? Outstanding, thank you. Although I've just realized I look like a very young Steve Jobs. <laughs> <laughs> could be worse, could be worse. Matt, how are you, mate? I'm good, mate. It's day 10 of having COVID and it's the first day I've tested negative and I actually feel like I can breathe again. So I'm pretty good today. Jason, I'd like to come to you first. Um, you've got a huge history in podcasting, content creation, speaking. Could you just give us a little bit of a, a, a quick history of background and what has led you now to Corpus? Um, thank you very much. So yes, I started the podcasting world in 2015, although really I started radio broadcasting back in 2001. I found my Diploma with distinctions in radio broadcasting from South African Broadcasting Corporation, the SABC, which is like the BBC, only in Africa. Um, and then, of course, I started a, a podcast in 2016, 2015. I did incredibly well. I won top 100 small businesses in the UK. I got to go to number 10 Downing Street. I used it to build a business around, around me, around a personal brand. It did very, very well. Um, which was crazy because I was a solopreneur and I, I kept finding ways to utilize a podcast and I kept finding ways to to make money out of a podcast and to use it for my business. And then I uh, tried various other things because I always had this podcast making money and I, I was always making content, even in events. Obviously, I was someone who had a venue, number one, SSL, the Blue Ballroom and then various others. And I always use social media and content creation to drive traffic. Organic SEO, I always think is the best. I think, I think, um, I think a good product is so, so important, but if no one's speaking about it, it doesn't mean anything. And I really always wanted to create that in a way that was free. I think good marketing is like sex, only losers pay for it. So I wanted to be really good at that. And hence I um, built podcasts around it. And then I started helping podcasters. I started helping business owners to use podcasting, to create content, to have conversations. You know, if you do a podcast for a year, that's 52 conversations with 52 potential clients. That's 52 pieces of content that I've learned how to turn that into 190 days of content. And I was building something else in fact the last year and my CTO just kept jumping into my a podcast company and saying, I can fix that with, with machine learning and I can fix that with AI and I can fix that with uh, our SEO tool and I can fix that with, um, with our web scraper and I can fix that. And I was like, hold on, let's just stop what we're doing and let's go into pod tech. Let's go into audio driven marketing and sales technology. And Copus did a massive pivot, which is where I am now. Well, there you go. Podcast done. I think that's uh, everything's been said. Caleb, Matt, thanks for joining us. Um, didn't really have any. Yeah, nice, nice to see you all. Thanks, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Jason. I'd, I'd love to delve a little bit deeper into into some of that in in the podcast as it comes up. Um, but Caleb, I'm going to come to you next. Um, just a little bit about your background in the events industry, where you are now in prop tech and with Bold. 
Uh, yeah, so, well, I've sort of straddled the events industry and hospitality with commercial real estate most of my career. Um, and uh, Bold was uh, launched in 2016 to solve um, problems for entrepreneurs who didn't need an office every day, but they needed an office environment sometimes. And so uh, small meeting demand was growing on the back of that. So Bold was launched as a solution to provide small meetings for um, these entrepreneurs. And um, we would go to uh, commercial landlords that owned all these office buildings and try to take their underutilized spaces and turn those into meeting spaces. Uh, but it wasn't moving the needle much for them. And so um, we started evolving the, the, the brand and the product. And uh, long story short, um, there was uh, this massive demand for turning these spaces and providing them as a service on demand flexibly. But the commercial real estate industry um, wasn't there's this massive gap between what the demand wanted and what the supply was willing to give so we thought well gosh um, a podcast would be a great way to drive that conversation um, and so we launched it as a thought leadership piece uh, the work bold podcast um, right before lockdown started in 2020 and um, during that time um, it, it enabled us in addition to driving this conversation enabled us to get in front of these clients of ours, these landlord clients that we, if we call them up and try to get in front of them, we might even have the, you know, the phone slammed down on, on us or the door slammed in our face. But by asking them, because these are very intelligent people, by asking them to come on and share uh, their insights, uh, their own challenges and what would work for them or what might not work, um, it enabled us to start building that relationship, understanding where they're coming from and then sharing these ideas offline. Um, so it was a massive business development opportunity for us and um, and it's proven successful on the back of that um, because of all the content that we create um, and kudos to Jason's company because we use uh, Copus to and a podcast company to help us um, and produce our podcast and create the content that content piece is a brand uh, a brand awareness um, a benefit for us massively um, <laughs> there's been quite a few times where even before bold was expanding across the UK, People th thought we were already, you know, wide open because of the podcast. So it's uh, three drivers for us. Thank you very much, Caleb and Matt. Let's come to you and Waves Consulting and a little bit about why you, I guess, produce podcasts now. Yeah, how we how we all came into it, and it's Wave Connects, by the way, not Wave Consulting. You should know that by now. Um, but I guess yeah, starting podcasting it was actually talking to you and Jason. Um, it must have been September twenty. 20 i think now so kind of right in midway through all the all the pandemic stuff um and you know we lost jobs industries in a bit of turmoil and i was honestly starting it out with trying to figure out like okay how can i use my position to help people that maybe don't have the same connections that i do or the same knowledge that we could we could share um i also sort of i guess discovered um i love talking to people i love extracting stories from people and i love sharing that and hopefully it inspires someone to sort of, you know, make a positive impact or change on their life. Um, so after talking to you guys, I launched the Waves Connects podcast and it was initially for the events industry, um, but it was sharing stories. A lot of people were looking at starting out on their own or, or trying something new or different. So we shared lots of conversations with other event professionals of experiences from setting up their businesses and so on. And then the next season was into, um, I guess, real life experiences from 
ops to hospitality to corporate to sales to marketing of like what's next and how do people prepare for the future and um, so it just it gradually built of sharing lots of amazing conversations and i think again um much like caleb like jason was was a huge part of me following his plan from the podcast co um he really knows his onions and i think if i didn't have that sort of plan and support i don't think it would be where um it got to in the end but I think then even sort of more importantly, that set me up for then the what's next for myself. Um, so I work now at Raccoon Events as well and looking after the digital side of stuff. And maybe we come onto this properly later, but the the podcast side of thing, I mean, I've been able to speak to people like Savannah Fines and Dame Kelly Holmes and just some insanely inspirational um, people and be able to share their stories. So it's kind of, it's it's opened up a whole new world of opportunity for myself um, to, to keep sharing conversations, I guess. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Matt. I think, um... I'd like to say thank you to you, Jason, because you've helped me as well on my journey through um, hosting the Event Industry News podcast when James had to take some time out and, you know, just bouncing ideas around for the Event Tech Talk show and things like that. So um, anybody listening that is interested in, in and this is not a, this is not an advert <laughs> for Jason, by the way, um, he wouldn't he wouldn't do that. Um, and I certainly wouldn't. But, you know, he is a wealth of knowledge in terms of all the things that you can need to think about. Um, you know, in the way that you design your podcast, how you format it. And I think most importantly, all of the elements of, um, what's the word? It's all the extra bits, right? Yeah, exactly. It's it all is. the bits that you don't think about after the podcast. It's, uh, I was exactly the same. Like I never, so part of my remit on the raccoon side is content. Um, and it's that one podcast is a podcast. It's potentially video recording. It's potentially an article, it's some TikTok content, it's some Instagram stories content, it's um, a couple of different blogs can spin off of one article, uh, one podcast. So that one piece, like, I never would have thought of that. I would have thought about kind of going, okay, hey, we've released a podcast, but all those little snippets, like those were gems from, from that sort of plan that went through Jason that actually, I think, revolutionized how we share content. Yeah, this is one of the reasons I wanted to produce this podcast is... Uh, this episode of this podcast about podcasting <laughs> and why you need to launch a podcast. <laughs> Everybody seems to be hiring, especially in the event tech space, you know, VP of content, content marketers, and, and their focus generally seems to be very much focused on write a great piece of content, get it PR'd, get it set into maybe publications like Event Industry News and others that are in this space, you know, put it on the, on the website, send it out to our community, get it SEO'd. And that is all great, but it seems that there's a there's a massive amount of value that's missing out of that. And you could actually create all of that through the podcast very, very naturally. Um, how, how do you guys feel about Jason? Maybe maybe yourself could comment on that. Absolutely. Um, firstly, th thank you, everyone. I'm, I'm, I'm old, so I'm starting to choke up a little, so I apologize if I'm swallowing a lot. Um, the, the one of the things I did right in the beginning is I did a, a a small little booklet called How to Take One Piece of Podcast and Turn It into 190 Days of Social Media Content, and that that took off quite well, and we we helped a lot of people, and that's basically what Copus Software is. It's one of its three pillars. You know, one pillar is it now goes out and it web scrapes and it finds out about SEO and it looks at your competitors and it says you need to talk about the following things to get good organic traffic and to drive people, and these are the people you should speak to because that'll drive people to your brand and to your business and this is what it can do and it kind of and then it speeds up all the small processes right that's what ai is good for but then it takes the podcast and it breaks it up you know we we 
have trained uh, Caleb right in the beginning, who now does it brilliantly to do these things called value bombs, where he will go over the things to take away. One of the great things about podcasting is this ability to take something away from it, to take off your headphones and immediately go and action what you've just heard, or to leave your headphones in and action exactly what you're doing. It's really hard to do from watching a TikTok video or a YouTube, et cetera. You've got to pause and stop and get your book and or your laptop and move and move and move. So our software does exactly that. It, it takes this piece, this 30 minutes to 60 minutes piece of content, and we do have a, a McDonald's formula on podcasting, um, and cuts it up. It cuts it up into TikTok videos, YouTube videos, um, different social media platforms, because today your audience is everywhere. So your content needs to fit everywhere. And we also show you how that should be done. You know, you should be utilizing um, LinkedIn's newsletter, something, again, Mr. Parker does incredibly well. His newsletter hit, you know, I think six, uh, three figures in, in a couple of moments or four figures, sorry, in a couple of days. It was it was a phenomenal response. And it was from that that he just uses the podcast and these great audience and these great conversations. And it's exactly what Matt said. And it's what Caleb said. And it's what you said. The ability to speak to people that are incredibly intelligent, take their knowledge and repurpose it for your own means in a way that helps everyone is Stephen Cavoy's win-win-win philosophy and, of course, the great hip-hop song, All We Do Is Win. I think, that's, yeah, there's some really interesting um, bits in there, especially around interviewing people and, and kind of use it as an opportunity to kind of delve into their mind, right? Like, we all have people, we all have heroes, we all have customers or, or prospects we probably want to get in the front of. And, you know, if you set up a meeting and dive into them and probably ask them all those questions in a normal setting they'd probably be taken a little bit back and maybe a bit guarded and probably not share as much. But when you say, hey, listen, I'd love to interview you about your experience, they, it seems to me that people really open up and go really deep. It's almost like a really clever way to do a sales call in a need-find scenario and then come away with it and go, hey, by the way, like you were saying about this on the podcast and I just had a thought and you do that follow-up and it's much more authentic um, when it comes to maybe going back and offering services and things like that. Um I think there's one other thing that I see as well, and I'm sure you've all had experience of this, is when you interview somebody that you know has a network of people that you also want to network with or have your brand exposed, podcasting and, and video recording and things like this is a great way because they just, I don't know whether the word feel obliged, but they're happy and proud to share that content with their network. So therefore you get brand exposure in in that way as well. You get this like network effect, don't you? Um, Matt, yeah, sorry, you were going to, I heard somebody shake a bit. Yeah, I think, I think that's, you're absolutely right. But I would also say that when you launch your podcast, before you ever launch or record your first episode, you need to think about what your goals are and, uh, and what your, what your values are uh, to, to achieve those goals. For instance, in my case, my first goal is to drive a conversation. The second goal is business development. The third goal is brand awareness. Um, I'm not going to, I've had, I've turned down people to come on the podcast who have big audience because they don't fit into what I'm trying to achieve. Um, so I would get the brand awareness piece, but it doesn't really drive the conversation. So um, that I think, I think it's important to be thinking about those values before you start. Yeah, I think that's really good advice, Caleb. You don't you don't want to um, go outside your niche, I guess, or, or like this. Or even even in even if it's in your niche, but it doesn't hit those values, you gotta you gotta be careful. Can you can you tell us anybody really big that you <laughs> given the uh, You know, Mark Cuban tried to come on the podcast once, and I mean, no, I'm just kidding. Oh. Um, no, um, no. I, yeah, there's been some suppliers in my industry that's, mm. that want to come on. And, and and look, there there's 
times we you can bring those kind of conversations in um, in, in the right way. But if they're not coming in in the right way in the theme of the season or what have you, you kind of have to say no. Matt, have you had the same experience? Yeah, do you know what? When we launched our latest one, um, so it is a consumer-facing one, so that was kind of new for me in terms of how we position ourselves and how we talk to people. Um, before, it was very much within the events industry, so it was a lot of people I knew, for example. Um, and straight away, we obviously had a lot of brands coming on of, I want to tell my story. Um, and it's kind of, in some cases, it works, but for us, it was kind of more sharing um I guess, adventures, stories, travelers, whatever it might be. Like we we were kind of going more down. We want to share lived experiences with people, not necessarily like you might have the best product in the world and you've gone through the best, you know, journey to get there or purpose for why you've created this product. Um, but it wasn't really relevant to what we're talking about in that first season. So it's kind of, we actually had to say a lot of no's. And I found that quite hard to start with. Um, in the end, we turned it into different conversations of like, okay, this is the direction we're going with the podcast. Why don't you sort of jump on board in a commercial capacity kind of thing? And then we can do some other cool stuff with those people um, and activate their brands in different ways. But yeah, it was um, it was quite hard to start with to learn, you know, saying no to people that you might actually quite enjoy having a chat with. Awesome, mate. Thank you. I think one of the th one of the things I want to come on to with you, Matt, and we'll we'll touch upon it later, is how you're actually utilizing events now as the platform. Mm -hmm. And I think Jason, didn't you even record a podcast on a plane once? Like, I think this is the thing wow. about this this type of content. You, it doesn't necessarily need to be that polished studio environment, right? You're gonna have to you're gonna have to actually capitalize on the people in the room in the moment if that content is going to be really really good jason have i got that right or wrong did you did you record a podcast i did i did I, I i couldn't get hold of two ceos and i ended up flying with them and sitting between the two and then interviewed both of them at the same time and and then had of course the air hostess come and ask you know chicken or fish and then have the pilot tell us that we're about to land but here's the thing with that and we just did we did a, uh, we did three celebrities on friday at um ministry of venues who were kind enough to give us a space and that works if you do the Deadpool thing, if you address the fourth wall, if you tell people what you're about to hear and you, you set up the experience is us live in a venue while people are coming and going. I'm inside a plane at 35,000 feet. You know, as matter, I'm on the event floor. Caleb's about to do something in Monaco. I'm in Monaco. That noise you're hearing is people walking backwards and forwards, meeting exhibitors. You build up. Then it becomes audio drama. Whereas if I'm trying to have a conversation with you, I don't address the noise and those noises keep coming in, then you have a bad audio experience. And you've only got one thing to be judged with, with most podcasts. What is your audio experience like? Are you taking them in? Are you pulling away? What's happening with the conversation? You know, those are the things you can control. And luckily for us, it's the only algorithmic things that we have to worry about in podcasting. But yes, it's important if you're going to do something live, if you're going to do something where it has different noises happening, address it, make it part of the situation. In Sex and the City, New York is one of the characters. And you need to, the sound needs to be one of your characters if you're doing something live in a space where space is part of it. Thank you very much, Jason. Matt, you've, like I said, like I've already touched on, you've been utilizing Raccoon's events actually mm -hmm. as the basis, the platform to interview and then create almost a season in one event, right? Could you explain a little bit more about that? Yeah, definitely. And I, I think just to echo Jason's comments there, I'd never heard it put quite so well, but, you know, New York being the extra guest, I think is 100% accurate. You know, at these events, like we can't, 
create what we could, but it could cost a fortune. Um, but we, a, a complete soundproof studio is very difficult to do at a lot of these events, especially when you've got, you know, 15 or 20,000 people walking through a venue. So you will get noises. And we did have one of mine from the first season. Um, I had a couple and their, um, their kid on the podcast as well. So there was already a lot of distractions and noises going on. And we shared the video too, but obviously everyone listening to audio didn't necessarily see that. So we did refer to this awesome little baby storm, um, but also the fact that Tano announcements were coming through. Um, so yeah, I think it is, it's setting the scene for people so they can understand why there's that pow, pow, pow as you uh, as you're halfway through conversation um but for yeah for the podcast we basically at the events have access to an insanely good quality of speakers um and we kind of you know there must be something we can do with that so we started creating these kind of exclusive interviews so they've just come off stage they've just you know met and spoken to hundreds of people for example um what else could we find out for those that maybe weren't there? So we kind of go armed. We actually asked the audience to give us their questions so they could submit before the event specific questions for that individual um, that we have armed to go in. But then we have a nice chat with them about whatever, whatever their experience or their story might be and repurpose that into all the ways that we've sort of talked about before. So that event has been a mechanism for us to create not just the content you have on the show floor, but really we're doing about, roughly speaking, at least 12 weeks of, of content per event afterwards. Very quickly, or five, six events, you've got a whole year's worth of content, um, you know, once you extend extend beyond just the podcast and, and written form, for example. So Caleb, we've heard from Matt about him producing um, content on the show floor and event. Jason has been producing content at 30,000, 40,000 feet. You've been producing the Bold podcast remotely because I think it was it was pretty uh, just before the pandemic that you guys you kind of got into it. You're now taking that next step of taking it to the next level and having a an environment, a podcast studio, to record the Bold podcast. Why why is that the next transition for you in terms of in terms of recording the Bold podcast? Well, as you heard Jason talk about audio being such an important aspect of podcasting, um, especially not all podcasts are, you know, video like this. Audio is the most important um, aspect of it. Um, it's important to have that environment that is soundproof, is acoustically sound, so to speak. Um, so, yeah. Um, and I think, you know, as you said at the beginning, content is so important. Why aren't there chief content officers in companies? Um, you know, it falls under marketing, of course. But um, there's all these creators today. And, you know, while you can uh, record a podcast on an airplane or, um, you know, or wherever on your phone even um, to take it to the next level and, you know, go from amateur to professional, um, I think you need to have the, the right um, environment to be in. And so, uh, so we're going to be opening up these um, podcast studios in, in our venues across the country. And um, London is the first one. I can't say any more than that right now. Um, but uh, it, later, uh, later in the month, uh, we'll be talking about it. My experience of it is there's a there's a vibe when you get people around the table and you record these podcasts. Jason, me and you have been on podcasts. I think I've I've had you on the Event Industry News podcast with Kevin Jackson and a few others in the past. There's just a different atmosphere to everybody being in the in the room there's that body language that you know you 
naturally know when somebody else is kind of going to jump in and say something and things like that. So that's some of the, the major value that I have found over bringing people into that kind of podcasting studio environment. Um, yeah. The, oh, sorry, Caleb, go on. Maybe you'll edit that little bit out or whatever where I just kind of interrupted you. So apologies. But um, no, what I was going to say is um, when I was, I took a trip to Canada and uh, it was my, when I was in Canada, I recorded three podcasts in person. It was the first time I've done that. Then, you know, since lockdown and um, after having podcasts being recorded remotely on Zoom for 18 months, um, I'll just echo what you said, that vibe when you get in the room with somebody, it is like nothing else, especially when you haven't done it in a while. And, um, you know, to be around a room with somebody and to, you know, even if it's socially distanced, you're wearing masks. I did that. Um, you know, it, it is absolutely important. Matt, well, you I, the same. do you hope to get the Waves podcast to, at some point into a studio? Or? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I've kind of paused Waves whilst I'm working on the, the other one, um, just for, for focus purposes. Um, but Outside and Active is our latest one. And it's actually when we started recording them, I was thinking down the line we were going to do podcasts, but we actually started with video and, and that sort of content. We've used some of them in podcast form. But like Jason said, you know, about this one that we're kind of also using screen for audio, um, where the plan of what we've gone forward. So we just had another event this weekend and we recorded it in the knowledge that we are fully going to podcast with them. So we did change the format of how we talk to people and 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 the conversation. For me, like we've just invested in more gear so that a lot of our podcasts we do travel around the place. So we try to get better microphones, better mixes, like that sort of thing. Um, and it, it doesn't cost the earth. Um, I mean, we've, from when I started, maybe it was a hundred quid for a semi-decent microphone um, and software to edit it, maybe cost a tiny bit more if you if you use paid for stuff. Um, but, you know, we've spent a little bit more than that now. Um, and I'd love to get to the stage where we've got a proper studio where we're inviting guests in. It's just, I think, with the nature of the events that we do and we have that concentration of people in one place that we want to record with, what I want to do is figure out how we can create a better mobile studio that can eliminate a little bit more of the show noise so it's a better better audio experience. So that's kind of the next bit we're looking at, to be honest. Do you know what I see there, Matt? There's camper got to van. be a VW camper yeah. van, <laughs> raccoon one side, waves on the other, Absolutely. surfboard on the top. I've... Uh... I've, I've got my eyes on, um, I mean, yeah, we're going too much too so I've got my eyes on an amazing looking horse box that we can actually convert <laughs> and then we can drive it up to these venues and um, sort of park it in the venue. But it's, um, yeah, just at the minute, people don't want to sit that close proximity to each other, I think. <laughs> yeah. Mike, Mike Seaman, the, the yep. uh, founder of uh, Recruiting Events, if you're listening to this, watch out for that coming in on the expenses. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, just make a, make you weren't a, supposed a, to tell him. I shouldn't have let that one go. <laughs> <laughs> um, for the event tech companies that uh, may be tuning in or listening, um, I think this is an important part. There's this there's this term of building in public, right? Which is the opposite almost to interviewing people. It's about talking about your own journey with your own kind of co-workers or co-founders about how and what you are doing. And I think, Caleb, you touched on it right at the beginning, which people almost thought that you'd already kind of fully launched and everything was in place because of how well the Bold podcast was going. So like this idea of building in public like what what's your thoughts on what's your what's your all your your thoughts on that and i'm going to let anybody go first i'm going to throw it out there so by all means jump in 
Okay, so great question. The question is, people are building in public right now. And it's funny because I think, I actually think Caleb's the best person to talk about this. Because Caleb's audience, on Twitter at least, and on LinkedIn, are people who are constantly talking about what they're into, what they're interested in, what they're curious about. Um, one of his first guests was Anthony Slumbers, the inventor of the hashtag um, Space as a Service. And you know he talks about what's going on in Web3, even though he's not in Web3 in any shape, form, or format at, at the time anyway, when he first started tweeting, maybe he's now building courses and he's, he's talking about it more in the, in the way that it links back to space. I, I'm in two minds with this. I think it's important to build in public because it, it gives you authenticity. It gives you gravitas. You know, when I, when I launched my very first podcast, the Guestless podcast, I was completely honest and transparent about failing meetings, failing pitches. I recorded my pitches. My, one of my very first pitches was to face sharp of uh, Fast Forward 15. And I pitched this idea that I had for, at the time it was called Venue Me, the LinkedIn of venue spaces. And it was, a, it was a flop, but guess what happened? You know, Faye messaged me later on and said, hey Jace, I've got this idea to start a mentorship program for women. Would you like to be involved? It's called Fast Forward 15. And I was like, great. And that happened again and again and again and again. And and then I realized actually there's, there's a lot of benefits to building in public. You Starting relationships, you know, that can move you forward no matter where you go. And yes, it's embarrassing. At the end of season one, spoiler alert, episode 11, my partner at the time says, quit it all. The, the, the whole company is a failure. Your CTO doesn't even understand how to build code. It's a joke. And I closed it down and it's embarrassing. And I felt awful. And then guess what happened? I got all these emails on LinkedIn saying we loved the show. We thought it was funny because it was funny to people who weren't living it. And um, could you do another season? And then I did a second season, a third and a fourth and a fifth. And just recently this week, I went to a prop tech event and I tried to launch a prop tech company. Right. And I wrote this on LinkedIn. It was very embarrassing because I was like, oh my God, I, I was out there building in public. People saw me build the platform and the marketplace and reach out to people. And But when I got there, it was wonderful because I spoke to other companies who were doing the same thing and putting themselves forward. And there's, there's a certain wonderful thing about starting something where tribes get around you. People get excited when you start something, when you start a relationship, when you start a job, when you start a marriage. We, we love people who start things. I mean, there was a great singer who we can't mention on here in case he's been canceled by the time this goes out live. But he says, you got to be starting something. You need to be starting something. We all need to be starting something. And I think that podcasting is a great way to do that. It's a great way. I've got two new shows starting this week. I've got not another crypto show, which is coming back into the world. And I'm, I'm literally building live a metaverse company where I'm talking to people in the metaverse. I'm trying to teach myself what is Web3? What, how does it work? What is an NFT? I want to talk to artists. At the same time, the Copus podcast, which will be called Podcast Profits, will go out. And it'll explain every single step as we add software to a podcast company. And I, my hope is that I get to talk to people who can become my clients, but also I get to make new friends, which I, I'd heard of Matt, but I'd never met him. And he had spoken at two events that I'd spoken at, but it was thanks to a podcast company that I got to speak to him, you know, and, and then got excited to meet him. I, I'd heard of you, Adam, but never had a chance to meet you. And then thanks to a podcast company, I got to interview in, in Barcelona where I got to see your tattoos and I was super excited and that friendship began. And then I got to be on your podcast. And so I think building in public, it can be incredibly embarrassing when you fail and I failed twice, but it also can be incredibly empowering and exciting and, and allow you to build relationships with people you may never have had the chance to do had you not built in public. Well, my opinion is if you're not failing to some degree, you're probably not moving forward because with risk comes the opportunity, I'm going to call it, to fail, um, to learn from what doesn't work and what does work. And um, often people that are not failing are the ones that are not moving forward. They're, they're, 
they're staying in the status quo of whatever that is and you know going live recording interviewing people there's there's risk associated with that but um let's be honest about it we've had a technical glitch today which will be edited out and <laughs> that's just part of it it could it could have stopped right there it could have failed on its first attempt using new technology to try and improve improve and things like that but these things happen you know um and i think it's important to to share that experience with everybody else to give them confidence that if it does happen to them it is not the end of the world well, I, I think also it depends, like, you know, what your podcast is, who you're talking to, all that kind of thing. Um, but people, for me, seem to enjoy podcasts because they're real conversations. And I've absolutely dropped a couple of clangers in my time of things I've said, or you're kind of like, oh, why did I say that? And then we listen back to it. And it was like, actually, that just kind of makes the conversation. Um, but I think also to Jason's point, I think sometimes you have to eat humble pie, like recording and sharing these conversations can help us learn about ourselves like i hate listening back to myself but when you do need to edit and, and check it out before it goes live you have to listen back so you're, you're kind of for me it's learning and developing as i go on nearly every single episode of like oh i could do that better or we could change this in the future and things so yeah it's really i think it's it's incredibly important to um i guess listen to yourself caleb do you have any thoughts on that before i move to my final question before you go on yeah i think I think um, we like authenticity. People like to real. We, we, we have this um, mantra starting up as an entrepreneur to fake it till you make it. And, um, you know, I think often we want everything to be look perfect, um, you know, even if you're starting out. And um, there's no way everything can be perfect when you're starting out. So, um, you know, by going out there and starting to share your vision, you don't have to share where you are today. You talk about where you're going, right? And so by sharing that vision, it enables other people to feed back and it helps you evolve your, your thinking and um, helps you grow uh, your own mindset and the way you, you see your own business you know, going in the future. And then it opens up the door, like Jason says, to so many different people that can help you. Um, so I think going out there, I, I like the, the, the term building in public. Um, uh, I, had, I Actually, I hadn't heard that before. So when you first asked the question, I was like, oh, well, wait a minute. But then, you know, going back to the whole failure thing and, and, and things being not perfect, just yesterday, <laughs> just yesterday, I went to record um, my first in-person episode of the podcast in uh, in London because uh, I'd done it in, in Canada. But um, I had someone in Canada that was sort of setting everything up for me. Here, I was using my do-it-yourself stuff again, uh, the professional mics and everything. And it had been over almost two years since I've done that. I forgot how to set it all up. I, I got everything all set up, ready to go, and I couldn't get the thing to record. So I was like, you know what? Let's just do it tomorrow. We'll do it on Zoom. I know how to do that. <laughs> and that, that's, that was my fallback. And, uh, and we're going to do it after this um, on Zoom, and it'll be fine. No big deal. Yeah, absolutely. We, we had this experience. Didn't we? we tried to record this um, the other week, and I had to uh, reschedule. And then, Matt, I think you got COVID, unfortunately, which you're still, re you're still kind of coming out of the back end. But that's the great thing. You can you, you can start over. You can redo. You can press pause and, and get it going again. Um, my last and final kind of thought on this is people running out of steam with podcasts. We, we tend to see a lot of podcasts launch, you know, five or six episodes in. I was actually talking to the team at Tag Digital who were quite open and honest and said that at some point they weren't enjoying their podcast at a certain point. 
And Jason, you mentioned Podfade. Um, what's your experience about what, why do people run out of steam when it comes to podcasting? So the first thing I talk to every single podcaster about is what does success look like for this season? Not for the year, not for your life, not for your business, for this season. Now, having a success metric means it's far easier to say, that's what I'm working for. It's far easier to sprint if you know where the deadline is, right? Like in events, we know what an event horizon is. We we get through the Christmas season, which if you're in party planning, which is where I made most of my attention, is just six weeks. You know, it starts in November. It ends just before the end of December. And it's the worst time for anyone that does Christmas parties over and over and over. And you're doing it in the afternoon. You're doing it at night. You're, you're doing as much as you can. And you can't get through that if you thought this is my life. And guess what? It doesn't have to be. It has a beginning and it has an end. And if you talk to any sports person, they have seasons. They can train nonstop. I mean, Matt knows this. Matt's an athlete. You know, if you're training only for a season and you know when it ends and you know what success looks like for that season, maybe it's conditioning, maybe it's it's strength training, maybe it's sprint, maybe whatever it is, fast muscle twitch, slow muscle twitch, right? Once you have that, it's far easier to go hard, to go focused, to know what you're doing it for. And then guess what? If you're good at it, if you become good at it, you'll find the passion to keep going. Now in podcasting, there is what's called pod fade, as you brilliantly mentioned, and it's three episodes. 50% of all podcasts get less than 134 downloads because of the fact that they only launch one to three episodes. Because for some reason, they expect something far greater. Their, their success metric is so ridiculous. It's, I want to be Joe Rogan. I want to be Oprah Winfrey. I want to be Carl. It, it, Carl is a, a exception to the rule. He is not the rule. Joe Rogan took 11 years to become Joe Rogan. These guys didn't have those those success metrics in place. So when I talk to a podcast, and it's normally business to business, let's be honest, and just recently we started doing a lot more B2C and influencers and coaches and celebrities, but previously we didn't. We were just business to business. I would say success metric one of season one, find your audience. It's already out there and they need the solution to their problem, which you can solve with your business. Season two, is activate that audience to do something, to go and get your newsletter. Because now you have the email. Now you're in control. If Apple goes down, if Instagram goes down, you have their connection. And in season three, make them do something far bigger than they expected. Come to your event, get the bold mug, get the, the Waves hoodie, you know, go to your, the, the Event Tech Live show. There we go. These, these are activations. And you know who does this incredibly well? Rock and roll bands from the 70s and 80s and 90s. They had a song, you loved it. They got you to buy their back catalog. Then they got you to come to their shows. Then you got you to buy the t-shirt. Then you were getting, you know, you become part of the Grateful Dead. You can't wait to meet other people who are fans of the Grateful Dead. And then you just keep adding success metrics season after season. I mean, Caleb's in, I think, seven, seven or season eight. And before every season, we sit down and we go, what does success look like for the season? And normally with him, it's the same, you know, it's, it's brand, it's thought leadership, it's dealing with incredible people that lift up the storyline and, and pushes the motive of bold entrepreneurs breaking the status quo. And of course, space is a service. And that's, that's the whole thing. And, you know, sometimes it, you, you, you can easily get lost, right? Like I remember I was listening to Waves and I was loving it. And then there was this incredible adventurer, Rafe, and I'm going to probably say his name wrong, Rafe Fines, Rafe Finnis, Renolf. There we go. I can see Matt already smiling. He's going to correct me in a second. But I was like, where is this coming from? This isn't, can't be the point of it. But then I listened to it and I was like, well, maybe this is the point. The point is, is that his shows are inspiring. His shows are activating. It makes me want to do something at the end of every episode. That's probably his success metric. And, you know, if you have a success metric, you know exactly when you're doing something, it's far easier to get it done 
than it is to just go, I'm going to do a podcast forever, episode after episode after episode, do a season, just like they do with friends, take a sabbatical, take a break, come back and do another season. You'll come back twice as excited. It'll make it work and you'll enjoy every single part of it. Yeah. You don't want it to become a chore, right? You don't want it to become something that you feel like you have to do. Um, and and, I, and we've moved that. Like the Event Industry News podcast has been very much every week we try and produce some content and it's, you know, you're constantly trying to find the next angle or the next piece of content. Event Industry News podcast is great because it's the, 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 the content can be wide and far and reaching. But on Event Tech or the Event Tech Talk Show, I think I've gone seasonally because it needs to be much shorter, much more in tune. And I think it's a great way to also share with your audience that there's going to be so much in this before you can also take a break from listening to me every week um matt caleb have, have you experienced pod fade or, or or open to share any challenges you've faced yourself in when it when it comes to keeping going with with recording and, and interviewing and, and sharing your stories um yeah sure yeah okay I'll, I'll jump in first if that's all right i mean with the wave connects one so um and yeah, Jason, sorry, it was Sir Ranoff Fines, um, or Sir Ran, if you like, um, is the second Lord I think I've had on my show, including you. <laughs> um, no, absolutely. Like with the Wave Connects one, it was very focused on the events industry. And I think I'd done three seasons and it was it was still amazing. But I know myself by the end of the third one, I was getting a little bit of okay, what else can I talk about? And there's always something to talk about, but I was trying to find out what was that, kind of like Jason said, that key thing that, A, I'm interested in um, and that I, in turn, think other people would be interested in. So it definitely, like, I knew after that season that I'd take a little bit of a pause. And naturally, I mean, that's where podcasting and, and sharing all these types of interviews and content helped me do what I'm doing with, with Raccoon, for example. Um, but I think it was like a well-needed break to reassess what I wanted to do and how we wanted to talk about it or, or what you wanted to talk about. Um, and the metric side of things as well, I think is definitely, is Jason hammered it into me when we started. Um, and it's something I still look at. And actually with uh, the latest, with the outside and active one, there's metrics that I didn't plan for or measure for in that it's like nearly quadruples our web hits in terms of all of the content that we're doing. And we launched a shop at the end of last year. Um, and now if we're talking to a book author, we can talk about their book and, oh, look, there's a link to go and buy their book. Um, so it's like how we can link all that up is like new metrics that I kind of hadn't originally planned for, perhaps. Um, but I was I want to share something. There was a few weeks ago, there was a, a girl. Um, she's a, a sort of small event organizer and she's been podcasting all through the pandemic. Same sort of thing of didn't really know what else she could do, to be honest. She's been pumping out a podcast every single week for two years. Um, and it was all, you know, it was, it was, um, it was amazing. I'll, maybe I'll share it afterwards. I'm not sure if she wants me to or not, but um, she was definitely getting fatigue. And I sort of said the same. I was like, have you, have you had a season yet? Like, when did you have a break to think about what's next or whatever? And she's literally been going nonstop this whole two-year period personally I couldn't do that like just <laughs> mentally and even physically trying to set that up would be quite a challenge um and I gave her two bits of advice I think one was to come and speak to Jason to be honest um I said if if you want someone to give you a plan and actually help you make this something because she was desperately wanting it to be more than just a podcast she's got her awesome event stuff but she wanted this content bit to do more um so one was that but the other one i said was to take a break and have a think about what you're actually doing it for and find your why 
it's the same reason if someone wants to go and climb Everest, why? Like if they want to go and run their fastest 5K, why? Like the, if you find a why, you have more drive and determination to get that done. Without it, I think you can kind of be, you know, swimming loosely in circles. Caleb, how about you? Yeah, I think the why is absolutely important. And I also like how Matt talked about linking things because uh, to me, um, and I've got like, I had a million ideas that I wanted to share here. I'm not going to get to all of them here, but um, I think the season thing is massively important. And uh, if you link your, what I do is link my, my podcast and my social media. So um, obviously I'm sharing my podcast on social media, but it's about the conversations that happen outside of the podcast on social media and then bringing those conversations back into the podcast. And like, so for me, I plan my seasons based on the conversations that are happening. And uh, there's been a lot of, um, uh, I guess, um, binary debate in my industry on uh, working from home, working from the office. And, and, you know, this season that I'm just finishing up um, next week is all about um, the plus. It's plus, not versus. That was the theme. So everybody I brought onto the, the season, we talked about, you know, the using the office as a tool in the platform of work, not having, you know, going to the office or going, they were just working from home. So it's bringing that conversation that's happening online into the podcast, but then also taking the conversation on the podcast back online. And so linking that together, uh, and speaking of linking, Jason mentioned the newsletter earlier. So we, we, we created a newsletter on LinkedIn asking people then in the podcast show notes to subscribe to the, to, to, to the LinkedIn newsletter. Um, but having that break between seasons for me has been massive, massively helpful because um, it, tuning a podcast is not my day job. <laughs> and my day job is very intense. So finding the time and, and to, to be able to get that break and say, oh, I don't have to record a custom intro this week and I don't have to, you know, find somebody that's been massively helpful to sort of recharge my batteries and then go again. The last thing I'll say is more practical and getting started um, with your season. Uh, what I found that's been helpful is when I've done this, it's been better. When I haven't done this, it's been worse is get a bank of episodes, um, you know, recorded first, because if you have five, if you have half your season, let's see, you have a 10 season, uh, 10 episode season. If you have half of them recorded in and ready to go, then it's easier to, it's, it's easier to backfill those than if you have one and you record it and now you're scrambling to find somebody else and you have this gap between episodes and you get depressed. And so if you, seed it then i think you're better off and you won't lose steam that's some fantastic advice there mate some great tips i think definitely i love the idea of framing a season just around a single topic and not having to think that you've got to constantly change the topic or the angle every season episode right because it actually gives a more broader view of people's opinions that are shared but also very much different on the same topic um so i i love that it also goes back to what we said earlier about uh, when we, who we say no to, you know, mm. if they don't fit the season, then, you know, fit them into another season. Matt, your top tip for podcasting. My top tip for podcasting. Um, I mean, I guess it's going to be quite a bad cliche podcasting, be there or be square. 
Um, it's it's I say that because there's an industry chat going around that asked me to try and get that into this episode. Um, so <laughs> um, but no, I think like it's it's I've been incredibly chuffed with the progress for podcasting for myself, and it's like I never knew before that I would enjoy it so much, and I always thought podcasting was some thing that you needed to be a specialist about and know all the equipment and all this kind of stuff, and it's like you don't. You can start, you know, my kid wants to do one with some of his mates of just them recording a chat about whatever the thing was that week. Like, that's awesome. And that is how simple it needs to be. So just find your find your why and find what your story is. And actually, you don't need to spend even 50 quid to get started and, and start learning. So I think it's kind of, yeah, give it a go. Um, but find your why and then have a plan to follow it through. Jason, your top tip. I'm going to be controversial just for the sake of being controversial because so far we're all just a bunch of people that love each other and that's wonderful but someone needs to be the contrarian and I'm going to take on that role. Don't just start a podcast. Uh, Matt's kid has a mission, has a why. His why is to talk to his buddy, to share his excitement, his curiosity, his fun, his adventure. That's a great reason to start a podcast but you have to have a reason to start a podcast. We don't need more podcasts about nothing. We don't need more podcasts with three episodes that disappear. Well, you've had a great name and you've taken it from someone who would take that name and do great things with it. But now can't use it because you've used it for some three episode thing about Game of Thrones that you just wanted to chat to your mate about Game of Thrones. Call your mate on a phone. You don't need to share that with the world. The world doesn't need more information about you. There's enough information about you out there for these data kings to take on and, and make avatars of you and sell you Shizer. Don't need that. Make a mission. Make a why. When in doubt, ask about they are experts out there waiting to talk to you, willing to give back, wanting to give back, whose mission and why is just to help other people. And most of us have that. Most of us have got to a space where we're like, I'd love to help someone get into events. I'd love to help someone. I was not a runner. I could not think of something further. Adam and I actually swapped some WhatsApps. I was like, out of my mind. Matt, out of pure idiocracy, I imagine, because he needed more numbers, added me to this thing called Run Pals Ohana. And before I knew it, I was like, I'm going to try this count to 5K. That was it. And that was my mission, right? And that was my goal, 5K. I just need to get to 5K. I have, a, I have a season to get to 5K. I hit 5K. And then I read another book and it said, you know, don't think of yourself as going for a run. Think of yourself as a runner. The moment you do that, it changes things. And it has changed things. I now go for a run. And it doesn't seem crazy like I need to be chased by someone. And But I had a mission and I had an event and I had a why and all the things we've talked about in this show. But guess what else I got to do? I got to go to his Facebook group and find out why other people were running. And I got to see other people running. And I got to speak to people who were runners. And I got into going to store. And I got the right shoes that made it easier to run. Like all these things make a gigantic difference. If you're going to do it for your business, I'm not talking about as a hobby, but as your business, make it count. You've only got so much time in your life and you will be dead. The one thing I can guarantee you, everything else I can't, it's all particular up to certain things, but you will die. What are you doing with your time? And if you think it's worth it for you, then do a podcast. Then, you know, don't be square and jump on there. But if you think actually my better time is as a father, as a friend, as a lover, as a partner, then go do that and, and get somebody else to do a podcast. Yeah, I think that's a great, uh, that last bit is great advice. If you want a podcast for your business, but you don't want to do it, go and get somebody else to do it. See if there's somebody else in the team that would love the opportunity to have a voice within the company and, and take that up. Um, back to my point about why are people not hiring for VP of podcasting? Well, 
I just want to say really briefly on that, like, so this last weekend, we had one of our biggest shows and I was so stoked to be able to go and, and interview some absolute legends in the running world. Um, but I couldn't go because of all the COVID nonsense. Um, and actually one of our team, a youngish guy, but he's he's great at chatting to people and he absolutely relished in the moment of being able to do those conversations. And it's like, so actually now we've, we've again changed plans, but it was exactly like you said, it's having the opportunity that actually I don't need to be on every single one because we do have a great team of people that could do it too. So I just wanted to, I wanted to share that, that it doesn't have to be all about you as well. Yeah, there's a lot of the chat show group podcast out there, isn't it? That's kind of this format here that we have now that maybe we switch in and out every so often and it's just three of us, two of us, four of us. And as we kind of go through different episodes based on people's availability, the the kind of the, the hosts change. I think um, Event Brew is a great example of that. They kind of have like, I think about half a dozen kind of co-hosts and then depending on everybody's availability, they jump in and talk about topics, but then not everybody's always committed to every single episode so they can fit life and work and, and business around it. Um, you can also have something called podcast takeovers. I know Caleb did it in this season. I think it was his first time he's ever done it. And that works really well because it's a different oral experience. It's a different voice coming at you. It's different types of question. But the theme is the same, right? Because that's the important piece. The metric is the same. Yeah. And I think my tip for podcasting is if you don't think or you lack some confidence in being the host, be the guest. Start off by putting yourself forward for podcasts within your niche, with outside of your niche, that you think you've got an interesting conversation to have, just like you for a speaker for an event that you want to put an abstract forward and you want to put yourself forward of, I want to talk about this to your audience. Put yourself forward as a guest, become comfortable in the environment and you know, learn from how other hosts ask questions and transition from one guest to another and connect everything up and stuff. And that's, that's what I'm doing. I'm learning a lot by being guests on other podcasts as well about how people kind of tackle it from their side. So that's, that's my one tip. tip. Um, well, gents, I very much appreciate and thank you for your time. Just very briefly, best place to connect up with you, hang out with you online if people want to connect up. Jason, I'll come to you first. I was hoping to come to me last. Um, <laughs> we can, can do that. Me... Matt, you go. <laughs> Please. Thank you. I want to know what he's going to say. Um, I'm all over the place. Uh, coins, so coin with an S on, on many social things, but LinkedIn's a good place to start or waves, wavesconnects.com. Caleb. Um, look me up on LinkedIn. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at Caleb underscore Parker. Yourself, sir. Thank you. Um, I, I The best place to find me is LinkedIn. It's, I'm Jason Allen Scott. There's only one of me on LinkedIn, which is insane. Um, but you can email me directly if you have a podcast question, jason at copus.com. And I need to say, the reason I didn't want to answer this is when I wrote my first book on my podcast, Season 2 of the Guesses Podcast, the book was called The Eventrepreneur. I put my email address at the back because I didn't think anyone would buy that book, right? 55,000 copies of that book were sold. I'm still answering emails to this day of people who email me. So I don't actually want anyone to get hold of me unless it's to help you. Like I can actually help. Please then message me. If it's not, if you just want to say thank you for this, then just tweet me at Jason on Scott or, or hashtag this thing and I'll, I'll find you and, and say thank you for taking the time to listen. There you go, listeners and viewers. The final tip of the day, always put your email address right at the end of the podcast before the host says Thank you very much for listening and watching. Gents, thank you very much. 
listeners, viewers, please do go and check out these guys online. Go and check out their podcast. They are great, great content. Thank you for watching and listening. Please do subscribe and share. It really helps this show as well. And we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks very much, Dean.